because if you have a steel structure or any structure really that can last over 50 or 100 years from a sustainability point of view the best sustainable solution first of all is maintaining what you have repurposing reusing what you have for as long as possible before you start building new Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as Chief Executive, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metal minds up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry, and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today we're having a all with Raid Al-Saraf, Technical Principal at WSP New Zealand. Raid has extensive experience in corrosion engineering and asset integrity management of structural steel and other metal structures. Kia ora Raid, it's nice to have you in the studio again. To kick off, it would be great if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role at WSP New Zealand is all about. Oh, thank you for having me today. Um, it's always great to come back and uh, meet up with everyone again. So what do I do? Um, a mixture of things over the years. I've been a bridge engineer, I've been a corrosion engineer, and nowadays I do asset integrity management. So what I mean, what that means is I manage and maintain existing structures, specializing in bridges. And yeah, just take care of them, make sure they last as long as possible, um, and keep them safe for everyone to, to, to drive on. It's good to know that someone's doing that. Yeah, that's nice to know, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're involved in the Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency Steelwork Durability Documentation Suite, which won the Innovate Resilience and Durability Industry Award this year in recognition of this project showcasing and demonstrating steel resilience. Could you tell us what this document suite consists of and how it supports corrosion protection? Oh, this is a, that suite is a, a multi-year project, a uh, long time in the making, which actually got um, a history and pedigree even earlier uh, than 2014 when the first version or Waka um, Kotahi and ZTA protective coating for steel bridges came out all the way back to my Hera days. Um, so what it is, the, the suite, documentation suite, really is providing engineers and asset owners and managers um, with the required guidance and tools to understand how to specify and whether, where to specify the right protective coding system in the right location to meet the requirements, which typically means we need to have 40 years time to first maintenance, which compared to a lot of places around the world, we have one of the most stringent and longest expected life of protective coatings uh, in the world. What that means is after 40 years, it's, it's time for first maintenance. A lot of countries around the world typically have 20, 25, and some places they're happy, unfortunately, even if they have five years. And so one part of it is the protective coating for steep bridges guide. Uh, and it gives you everything you need to know for the first use and certification of coatings around New Zealand. We have a very diverse climatic environment. Um, if you're on the west coast of New Zealand, it's one of the most corrosive areas we have. While if you are middle of central Otago, it's very benign. You can pretty much leave steel unpainted and it will last over 100 years with minimal rust. And then you have the geothermal um, volcanic area, Rinatapo, and that's... Is, 
you could lose up to one millimeter per year of steel. So it's a very corrosive environment. So depending on where you are, you need to know what to put on in the right place. But that's not just for new steel. We also have a whole section on how to maintain um, existing steelwork and make it and how to refurbish it on site and extend its life, so forth. But that's one part of it. So over the years, as we found, once we've dealt with educating and giving the tools and guides to the design engineers and asset managers and owners, the next step we found is we need to improve the quality of the coating application itself. So then we went through a whole suite of um, specifying the need for coating inspectors, and then we went to the introduction of the Protective Coatings Certification Program, PCCP, for applicators themselves to make sure they have the right quality control and quality assurance systems in place. And now the next step is we're actually going toward the, the, the guards on the gun themselves have to be trained. And as part of that, we, the suite, we also introduced NZTA S9, which is a model specifications for protective coating for new steelwork, NZTA S10 for the application of anti-graffiti coatings, and soon to be released, uh, NZTA S11, which is uh, the refurbishment and maintenance of protective coatings on site. So the suite documentation suite is the guide and a series of specifications that everybody now uses. And the whole intention of this is to ensure that the, the right system is applied in the right place, the, the required quality to achieve the required performance over the expected life of the bridge. Awesome. How did this documentation project come about? Um, yeah, so as I mentioned, it, its pedigree started back in the Hera days. So in, back in 2005, um, when I was still a, a youngling um, <laughs> back in the day, um, Charles Clifton had the idea. We, we were doing a bit of work, Charles Clifton and I, on how could we get more steel into bridges. And we found at the time that there was this um, steel penalty of $15 a square meter because for the time uh, transit, which is the, before Wakakotahi, we had transit, um, had this idea that the steel is corrodes, therefore need to have a penalty of $15 a square meter upfront. So the, the initial thing was, how do we get rid of that? Why did they come up with that? And what happened, the result of that was the publication of HERA Report R4133, the uh, New Zealand Steelwork Corrosion and Coating Guide, which started my whole journey into the world of corrosion and asset management. Because from that, uh, then in 2011, we've updated that document and that was the precursor to why um, NZTA, Protective Coding for Steel Bridges, came about, is because originally that document, the HERA guide, was for general for all steelwork. Um, and then we just wanted to have something that's very bridge-specific. So even though it started, funny enough, from a bridge point of view, getting rid of $15 per square meter, and then we're like, well, since we're doing all this, we might as well do something for all steelwork, which resulted in HERA report R4133, and then... In 2014, we're like, well, let's develop something specific from Bridger. So it was a bit of a, a full circle on, on why we that document started. Um, and the intention and aspiration now is next year, the aim is to update R4133 uh, since it was last revised in 2011. So again, it's, even though we've done all these things with Wakakutahi and Bridgers, um, there's still a lot of steel work around the country that still need to be looked at. So the next step is revising that document as well. Is that going to be a big job? 
yes, amongst the other other stuff. There's a lot that happened in the last um, so 2011, last what 12 or so years. There's a lot of improvements, uh, a lot of new systems. Uh, the industry has changed quite a lot. It's actually got better. Um, so yeah, it's again making sure people. And also the other thing I notice is. Um, I'm not getting younger, and there's a lot of new people coming into the industry that needs to be educated. So it's all about keeping people educated and you know aware of what the solutions are and tools. And yeah, just said, just keep on saying that you know put the right material for the job, and steel is a great solution. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it important to have something like this in play? For example, what is the value of this? So one of the biggest challenges, again from Makotahi point of view over the years, especially 10, 20 years ago, where we, so around 2007, we suddenly saw an increase in the use of steel in bridges. Um, again, that's back from my older days when I used to promote steel and bridges for Hera, is we suddenly had this massive influx of new steel and bridges, new steel bridges. And one thing that we did notice in the early days, is sometimes there were some premature failures occurring. Now, most cases, they were within the defect liability period of two years, and they were dealt with, and everything is fine. But we wanted to, basically, whenever these things happen, they cost a lot of money. So with Wakakotahi, working with uh, Nigel Lloyd of Wakakotahi, he's been pretty much the supporter from day one on this, and he manages the bridge manual as well, is... How could we, what do we need to do to improve the quality of the systems going on and making sure to minimize the risk of these premature failures? So Wakakatahi recognized that if they invest a little bit upfront, we start the documentation, but also with paying for independent coding inspectors by Wakakatahi directly to, to be truly independent. And the fact that you have to have, be a certified uh, PCCP accredited applicator they all they understand that this have cost implications to them, but it's an investment because what's happening is we are minimizing the risk of premature failures occurring, ensuring these coding systems last as long as possible, thereby giving you the lowest whole of life costs. So, yeah, the value of it is we're paying a little bit more now, but we're saving a heap lots of pain and money later on. Yeah, that sounds really cool and keeping us safe. I think. Yeah. I mean. You know, especially with bridges and whatnot. Yeah, so the beauty of steel, don't forget, is when it rusts, you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's easy to fix in most cases. So that's one of the great things about it is we inspect it, we see a problem, we can fix it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was your role in this project? Um, yeah, so I was... Um, um, so for this this particular one, um, I've been the one of the authors... Um, led the design, um, preparation of the spec. Um, so I worked with William Mandano. Um, again, he led the original line 2014 protective coding for steel bridges, and then we worked together um, on the specifications. And pretty, I mean, look, it's, I appreciate it's a bunch of documents, um, well, not only a bunch of documents, but there's actually a lot of other work around behind the scenes that happen. You know, you have to get the industry buy-in and all that. So, yeah, so I've pretty much been kind of leading it. Awesome. Uh, looking after it. That's cool. Are there any other applications for this documentation suite other than highway structures? Yep. So while S9 has now been out since 2020, um, the basis, the bones of it, 
the skeleton has been used in other projects, uh, infrastructure projects. So it has been used as the basis for city rail loops, the CRL for the whole network of that project. So we, we've taken it, modified it to, to not for the bridges on that project, but also for buildings um, and other, all other steelwork on the project itself. Uh, it's been used as the basis for Scott Base, the new Scott Base um, that's going to be built down in Antarctica, and lately it has been, let me just remember, oh, and it's also had been used on the inter-island um, link, IREX, um, again for all steelwork on that job from buildings, bridges, um, services, mechanical and so forth. So while it started, it originated as a specification for bridges and highway structures, it's pretty much had been used now for all type of steelwork. Um, and can be used as such. And it's also included intermessive coatings, fire protection, and so forth. Awesome. So do you get a trip to Antarctica to make sure everything's going well? Unfortunately, not yet. (laughs) How does works in improving resilience and durability link into sustainability conversations around steel? Oh, it's a very important part of it because the more durable your structure is, the longer life, the low maintenance, let's say, or or expected maintenance um, is better overall. Because if you have a steel structure, or any structure really, that, that can last over 50 or 100 years from a sustainability point of view, the best sustainable solution, first of all, is maintaining what you have, repurposing, reusing what you have for as long as possible before you start building new. So if you are building new, put in the most durable, robust, protective coating system or corrosion protection system you can up front to ensure whatever you've designed lasts beyond, in my view, the required life. Um, so yeah, awesome. the more durable it is, the more sustainable it is. Absolutely. <clears throat> Why is it important for structural engineers to consider resilience and durability metrics in their designs, particularly in Aotearoa, New Zealand? So yeah, um, Resilience and durability is very important, but especially in New Zealand, you are correct, because we are a long, thin island in the middle of the ocean um, with varying degree of corrosivity environments around the country. And if you don't consider these things, and if you put the wrong system in the wrong place, you will have premature failures. It will cost a lot of money to fix. You may have to, in worst cases, and we've had situations ourselves where people didn't follow the specifications correctly, where we actually have to dismantle a brand new building, take it apart, get it re- refurbished, you know, blasted and painted and put it back on. Those are all massive costs, but it's also a waste. And, and one of the biggest things, especially with sustainability, is we need to consider how we can minimize waste wastage during construction. And so, yes, there is a cost implications to what we, we do and the way we specify it. And, Yes, it does cost a little bit more. And no, it's not the same as how I used to do or the typical comments you get, or always used to do it this way, therefore it's fine. Well, there's a reason why what used to be done is not good enough anymore. So yeah, it's, it's, if you design it right, detail it right, specify it right, the thing will last for as long as possible and save you money in the long run. Completely worth it. You are, of course, no stranger to Hera. How do you think your connection to us has influenced your career? 
Oh, massively. Um, just this, this morning on the drive-in, I've noticed that I've actually known Hera for 20 years, pretty much my whole professional career. I started work at Hera in 2003, and here we are in 2023, I'm talking with you from the microphone. <laughs> um, but no, it's been, it's been a great influence for my career. It, it's got, set me in the right path. Um, all the mentors I had, whether it was Charles Clifton, um, was a great influence on me. Uh, Stephen Hicks and, and now Kawa um, is, is great. Is a great friend as well, and it's just taught me everything I know now. Uh, introduced me to everybody. Uh, have a good network because of it. So it's been a great. It's a great place to start my career, and I'm really proud and, and privileged to be continue working with Hera um, so far. And we're happy to have you. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, Ray, did you start at Hera straight out of university? I actually was still at university. Um, I had one paper left, and um, there was an ad out for assistant structural engineer with Charles Clifton, and I applied, and Charles was really quick in getting me on to testing shear studs as part of my, I took the opportunity of having a student who was still at university, he didn't have to pay for him, so, <laughs> and I started doing shear studs for him. So yes, I was still at university when I joined here. Cool, so he saw a good thing in you yeah, then. Yeah, 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 well, thanks for him. And look, we, yeah, look where we are. Awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? No, it's all good. It's all great to come back and um, give back to, to here in the industry any way I can. Thanks so much, Ray. It's really awesome having you. Thank you. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Ray today. If you'd like to connect more with him, you'll find his details in the show notes. We'd like to congratulate WSP New Zealand and Waka Kotahi New Zealand Transport Agency for being awarded the Innovate Resilience Future Forum Award. It is a great example of how we can raise the quality of steel structures in Aotearoa New Zealand as well as the durability potential of structural steel in the built environment. We'd also like to thank New Zealand Steel as the key sponsors of this event and their support to Tōtoko innovation in our industry. Food for thought till we see you next time. So hit subscribe and if you liked what you heard today, please like, review or share with any metal minds you know. Let's spread the word. If you like what you heard today, you might be interested to learn more about Hera's research on structural resilience. You'll find details in the show notes.